Hi, this is Drew Gurian, and you're listening to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast. Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glenn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hello and welcome back to another edition of He Shoots, He Draws. As the music says, I'm Dave, he's Glenn. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, we said we wouldn't do this every week, but just somehow it feels right. So no, no, no kind of... the intro, I mean, not the podcast. Yeah, 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 not the podcast. <laughs> it's like, why do we do this? Um, yeah, this week we've got another interview. We're back on the photography track and we've got a really good guest this week. It's someone who we both know, but we want to give him a big fanfare because this guy has probably had uh, probably the best of starts, I would say. Mm. um in his career but um and we kind of met him at that stage um and you'll know from the intro his name is drew gurian but drew is actually an exceptional photographer i'm gonna let glenn talk about it because he's the photography man but um yeah just explain drew's background a little bit without giving too much away well well first of all i think it's just it's fair to say that drew is a uh new york-based photographer he is a celebrity uh portrait and lifestyle photography, incredible body of work. And it just so happens that Drew was, in a former part of his kind of life, Joe McNally's assistant. And that's probably what you're alluding to there about the best start that he had. So Drew, by the very nature of what he's doing now, and the fact that he was uh, Joe McNally's assistant, which is how we got to know him, by the very nature of that, we just had to have him on the show. And he's been on the list, I think, since day one. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, but we just didn't know, would he, wouldn't he? Uh, and you went for it, and sure enough, he said yes. Yeah, he, he kind of remembered us, which was nice. But it, like I say, we went to Photoshop World in those early years, and I think he said he left Joe around 2013 and mm. went on his own 2014. And that was kind of the beginning of our, uh, well, basically you teaching. I was just coming out there. And I do remember bumping into Drew, but obviously at that point I didn't know Joe. So I wasn't in a position to go up and even speak to Joe, let alone Drew. Um, and Drew filled the shoes of another one of our friends, Brad Moore, who went on That's to become right. Scott Kelby's assistant. So, yeah, this was a really great interview with Drew. I mean, he was such a nice guy and and hardworking and, you know, humble with it. He wasn't, you know, big-headed or anything. And I Absolutely, think, you yeah. know, even now I'd still say he's at the beginning of a, of a great career. Mm-hmm. And when you hear the way he talks about it, he's very grounded. You know, he knows what he's supposed to be doing and how he's supposed to be doing it. And he, and he knew a good friend of ours, Rick Wenner, who's been on the podcast. That's right, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah we're not going to give too much away. We're not even going to waffle at the beginning because we want you to hear this interview. So, Glenn, let's just go ahead and start with our usual beginning. Yeah, let's, let's bring this one in the usual way with Drew. Who are you? I'm a portrait and lifestyle photographer based in Brooklyn, New York. You're right. You <laughs> were going to keep it short. <laughs> It's like my one-liner. That's good. That's good. I mean, questions. (laughs) (laughs) These are only yes and no answers, correct? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Okay. Well, listen. I know we've kind of had a a very brief chat before we started recording, but Drew, thank you so much for taking time out to join us, so we can get this recording. We've wanted to get you on for a while, but I, I, I just didn't know how to approach you really, and kind of say, (laughs) would you be on? Because you seem to be all over the shop as well, so. Yeah, we're we're all busy in our own way for sure. But I, yeah, I really yeah. do appreciate you both reaching out and always happy to be a part of things like this for sure. 
And it's been it's been a long time since we've last spoken. We, we know you from kind of like your your previous life, I think it's fair to say, going back a few years now when you were working with Joe McNally. That's how we kind of got to know of you. But we've never really had the chance to kind of sit and chat and hang out and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to use this as an opportunity to do that. But I guess before we kind of get into the meat and everything about this whole chat, how did you end up working with Joe McNally? Let's get this out of the way, first of all. Sure. So when I was in college, I went up to uh, take a workshop at the Maine Media Workshops up in Rockport, Maine, really great school. And uh, at that time, I was taking just a photo to black and white darkroom class. And each week they would have sort of a special guest speaker on like a Tuesday night in the week. And the week that I was there, uh, Joe happened to be the special presenter. He was teaching a lighting class that week. And I saw him present his work and was obviously blown away. I was, you know, maybe 19 years old or something like that at that point. So, um, you know, his name was always in the back of my mind. And then I guess a couple of years later, um, when I was in school, I'm trying to think how long it was after that, maybe a year or two later, um, I was looking for internships, uh, photo internships uh, for the summer. And fortunately, I grew up right outside of Manhattan in northern New Jersey and uh, started going through Communication Arts Magazine, this graphic arts magazine, and looked through their photo annual. And basically, uh, you know, obviously the internet was 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 a thing then, but it was, <laughs> it was uh, one of those things where I, you know, instead of sending somebody an email, I literally just, uh, I would sort of you know, fold over any page of a photographer I saw whose work I really enjoyed, go to the back and look and see if they were based in New York. And I just started making phone calls. And Joe was one of those people that I called. And uh, basically, he met me for uh, a quick little uh, introduction slash interview at a, a coffee shop uh, on Broadway uh, in Soho uh, a couple weeks later. I think it was uh, the fall of, I believe, 2003. And uh, I brought my portfolio with me, and uh, he was nice <laughs> enough to look at it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was nice <laughs> enough to look at it, said some very nice things, I'm sure. Um, I don't know how much of that he meant at the time. But um, basically, that was in the fall, I guess, of 2002. And then the summer of 2003, I ended up interning for him for the summer. So that was the start of a relationship, of course. I mean, I was just a college kid at that time. I had no idea what I was doing. That was really my first taste of large production work and um you know it was all totally new to me yeah. so and what a le- what a way to start learning as oh, well absolutely absolutely i mean i'm very very happy that i have a, a bachelor of fine art but i think between interning for joe and another photographer uh, danny clinch who i interned for the next summer between the two of them uh I can certainly say that I learned more practical knowledge than you can ever learn in a classroom in in four years of university. So uh, they were both really, really amazing experiences. And uh, yeah, very, very fortunate that um, I had those experiences at the time. And and I think this is probably what's fascinated us by how you've progressed. And that's why Dave was saying that really, we want this episode to be about the evolution of a photographer, Dave, don't we? Because, you know, here we are sort of seeing you initially you know, with Joe helping him out when we see you on shoots and see at these, you know, places like Photoshop World. And now here you are, a very well-established photographer photographing celebrities. I mean, I was watching a video on you photographing, I saw behind the scenes photographing the cast of The Hunger Games. That was online, I saw that. You look at your portfolio, there's some huge names in there. So it's just been amazing to see how you've made that transition from being the assistant to now being the guy who gets the assistants. 
Do you know what I mean? So fair, fair. That's, yeah, it's. Um, have you asked? Have you asked Joe if he's free to be an assistant? <laughs> I haven't, but we we did have uh, we had breakfast last week just to catch up, and it's great to do that on occasion. We're still really close, and he's um, always been a, a wealth of knowledge and uh, inspiration, and uh, very very happy to call him a good friend of mine. Yeah, I think that's a really good thing in this industry. Is you know, we've said before, even for me in the design industry, back in the day, everyone was so guarded about what they did and who they shot for and nobody would share anything. Whereas now we're in a, this kind of world where like, people are more open and happy to share and help each other, which I think people still struggle with a little bit because they still have this kind of, well, oh, why is he helping me? <laughs> sure. I think it's it's so, so important. And, and I think you're absolutely right. I think now information is so much more accessible, obviously, you know, with, with the internet and with a lot of workshops, which never really existed, you know, 20, 30 mm. years ago. And, uh, that is really important. And it's, there, there are no secrets. Um, just no. because you teach someone how to light something, that doesn't mean they're going to steal a job from you. There's so many things that go into actually getting a job and, and maintaining a client relationship. And, um, yeah, so I do think it is very important to, to share that knowledge for sure. And that, that moment from when you obviously had done kind of your your grounding work with joe what just talk us through a little bit about what that the end there what was your thought process about okay my time's done here i now need to go into the, the like the big wide world did you kind of formulate a plan for that or were you just kind of i need to do something completely different yeah it was um it was something that i thought my way into a little bit so so just to backtrack for for a quick moment so after university i was freelancing as a photographer in pennsylvania i was uh, playing drums in a band and that was sort of what what kept me in pennsylvania i was sort of seeing how that was all going to pan out and uh, we had some some mild success but uh but you know, I I looking was, that up. <laughs> <laughs> we're on, we're on the streaming services. We had some radio play and all that back in the day. But um, basically, uh, I was shooting events and weddings and some really small corporate gigs and all of that in a pretty small market in Pennsylvania. And I wasn't really sure where to go from there, sort of how to further my career and was kind of getting really antsy. So I started applying to graduate schools for photojournalism. And uh, I had always been in touch with Joe and his studio manager, Lynn, over the years. I would assist for them as a second or third assistant on occasion whenever they needed an extra set of hands. And then, you know, timing just sort of worked out. And as I literally had, uh, you know, university applications on my desk for my graduate degree. And I started to fill those out. Lynn, Joe's studio manager, had called or emailed me and said, hey, Joe's current assistant, Brad, Brad Moore, you're probably familiar with, yeah, who then yeah. went on to assist Scott Kelby. Brad left and uh, they offered me a job as Joe's first um, in Brad's place. So it was just kind of one of those timing things where, you know, because I had stayed in touch, that that really worked out in my favor. And, uh, you know, at the time it was sort of, a it was in retrospect, really dumb that I second thought it at all. But, um, at the time I was making a living shooting, albeit not doing the most exciting work, but I was making a living shooting. And then I sort of had to take a step back and say, okay, do I want to put the camera down and, uh, be assisting now? Um, granted it's for Joe McNally. So the answer is yes. Um, but you know, it took a little bit to, to get myself to do that. And I'm very, very happy that I did. So, um, that became my role for the next four and a half years or so. So, um, I was his first and sort of worked my way into that position over a couple of months and then was traveling with him really consistently for the next four, four and a half years. And, uh, you know, it got to a point where, um, 
I was always in the industry to be a photographer and there are full-time assistants, there's full-time digital techs and all of that who do very well for themselves. And I think that that's, you know, in, in certain cases, that's what they want to do. And that is their goal. Um, for me, I've always been in it to be behind the camera. So it got to a point where I was getting antsy and I certainly knew that if I wasn't going to make the leap that next year that I was just never going to do it. And, um, Joe is very, very good at keeping me there. Um, <laughs> we were actually talking about this last week because, you know, I would sign on for kind of a year at a time. And towards the end of every year when my contract was up, he would just kind of mention off to the side, hey, there's, you know, just wanted to let you know about this trip and this trip and this trip and this trip happening next year. And, you know, you think you'd be interested in those. And of course I said, yes, he knew exactly what he was <laughs> he's doing. Just, he's got those puppy dog eyes that get you every time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I stuck with him for, for quite a while. Uh, but, but again, um, I was in this always to, to be a photographer in my own right. So, at a certain point, I was, I was turning 30. Um, I had traveled quite a bit with him. I think I'd been to somewhere between 25 and 30 countries with him and, uh, you know, had just been all over the place, had been around a ton of workshops, a ton of major, major shoots here and there. And, uh, you know, I just kind of wanted to go and make my own path. Um, so that- I was going to say, just one thing there that's really kind of struck me when you were saying about when you sort of had the opportunity there to go and you know work with Joe as his assistant, you're already a photographer. Like you just said, you're, you're already out there shooting, making money doing that. But then you've had the, I guess that the only word I can think of is humility to kind of say, I will go and be an assistant. I'm going to take myself from behind that camera and I'm going to be an assistant. Because what, what strikes me there is there are a lot of people out there who maybe wouldn't have that humility because they kind of think, well, no, I'm, I'm the, you know, I'm the main man. I kind of know it. But you've taken said, you know, I know, I know there is more to learn. There is always more to learn, especially for some, someone like Joe. And you've said, I'll be his assistant. And clearly having that humility has served you well. Sure. But I think it's also important to put that into perspective on not to take too much credit for that. You know, I, I was looking at going to, to grad school for photojournalism and that more likely than not would have put me into debt and I would have been in a classroom environment. Uh and on the flip side, I was given the opportunity to work with one of the best photographers out there as his right-hand man and be able to travel the world with him and get paid to do so. It just sort of, it made perfect sense. And uh, yeah, so I, I think, you know, if it didn't make any sense to me, of course I wouldn't have done it. But mm. Joe, I had a really great experience with him, albeit limited, but I had a great experience with him while I was interning for him. And the subsequent times that I had assisted for him over the years, uh, between that time and when I actually started working from him, for him, uh, were all really great experiences. So I think all of that culminated to a really good feeling uh, surrounding it all, that if none of that was there, I definitely would not have gone along with it. But, uh, you know, I think it made a lot of sense at the time. And uh, again, I'm super, super happy that I did it. And uh, yeah, it's it's it put me in a much different place in my career and, and mm. in the industry than I ever could have imagined. All right. So then talking of the career, then you've had a great time working with Joe. You've learned loads. And I'm sure at some point we'll talk about that. But you've now left Joe. It's day one of <laughs> you, Drew Gurin, the photographer. What the hell was that like? Uh, transitioning was the scariest business and life choice I ever could have made. It was like finishing college and having no idea what you're going to do. 
and uh yeah it was scary as hell um i i basically um at the end of 2012 i had a conversation with him that i wanted to go off on my own and i spent the better part of 2013 sort of working a lot less days for him and working on a lot of personal work um, to build up an entirely new portfolio that felt like my own. Um, So I did that uh, until I think about September of 2013. And then in 2014, I moved to Brooklyn and I've been here ever since. So it's been five and a half years now. And yeah, uh, for starters, it was really, really scary. Um, I will say that right off the bat, I managed to get a couple of really great clients under my belt, um, two of which were Red Bull. Um, I was shooting a lot of live concerts at the time, and um, they do a lot in music and arts, and I ended up sort of becoming their main New York person for like music, arts, and culture, and that happened kind of right off the bat. And uh, the Associated Press, which is the largest news agency in the world, and uh, the first thing I shot for them happened while I was still working with Joe. And then when I went off on my own, um, I sort of reached out to them again. I had been out of touch for a little while because I was traveling so much. And, uh, you know, basically they asked what I wanted to shoot and I said portraits. And all of a sudden I started shooting celebrity portraits just like that. And that was... Um, if only if it was that easy. Yeah. It's that's as easy as it is, kids. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, but that's that's actually what happened. Um uh, my my very first shoot was photographing um, one of the stars of that horrible reality show called Jersey Shore. Um, oh. <laughs> photographing this guy <laughs> named uh, The Situation who was on the shore who was like known for getting in a lot of brawls. But, uh, you know, I, I've shot everyone for them from Shawn Mendes to Elvis Costello to Mumford and Sons to, uh, I don't know, a ton of, a ton of people. So it's been it's been a really great experience. Uh, Bonnie Ray, Phil Collins, uh, Quincy Jones. I think I'd mentioned, but yeah, it's 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 been quite a trip. Uh, it, working it is. With a, them. It's like a you look at your portfolio. It's like a, a a list of who's who on there. It really is, isn't it? I mean, it's like I saw Ed Sheeran. Sure. There's mention of you know Barack Obama. What was Ed Sheeran like between you, and me, and Dave? What was he like? And they're both our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I. Oh, I feel really badly saying this, but I did not have the best of experiences with him. And, and I say that I say it in that way because I have several friends who have photographed him and had nothing but great things to say. I don't think it's necessarily him. I think it was just the situation. Um, my sense was that he wasn't completely aware that there was a photo shoot that was going to be happening. I think, um, we basically showed up into a hotel room where, there was a, a documentary film crew shooting a film about him that I think was was his team doing that. And then I show up with a writer uh, to this hotel room in Midtown Manhattan, and I'm there with my assistant, and we have no room to set anything up. And, uh, you know, he is ready to sit down to do an interview, and then I say, hey, let's we're going we're gonna to photograph over here. And I think he was, he was just maybe unaware. I think there was just a breakdown in yeah. communication. And... Um, the whole shoot lasted 40-some-odd seconds, and uh, <laughs> he just shook my hand and left the room. That's See, that's the thing with something like that is, like, we look at your body of work, which we will talk about because there are some very specific things we wanted to ask you, but when you have somebody who does get to shoot celebrity portrait, and we spoke to Rick Wenner, I don't know if you know Rick. I know Rick very um, well, yeah. Yeah, so... 
you everyone sees the images and it's like oh wow you're like you're hanging out of all the stars you're getting to meet all these famous people for 250th of a second or what you know i'm not a camera person but for a very slight Never. less for less than a second <laughs> is where you got that image but everyone doesn't see either the four minutes you've got or the four hours you've got but they they see the shot so you know you'd look at that photo of ed sheeran you wouldn't know what mood he was in it's a great shot but it's not, I know it's not as glamorous as just being hanging out with you know Jennifer Lawrence and President Obama and just you know shooting the breeze and go hey let's just get that photograph now and we go back to drinking a gin and tonic. <laughs> so you've had a baptism of fire. I mean you've gone into that world quite you know quite abruptly in a way where you are starting to shoot celebrities and bands and that. What have you taken from? What do you think you took from your experience? into that world because i know one thing like joe's very good at is pe- is the people management and i think that's a that's an art in itself that you've obviously mastered yeah definitely i think people management is incredibly important um obviously having your technical chops down to a t um having a couple of go-to lighting setups that you know you can set up in a very very quick amount of time and mm. you know that it's going to look good um yeah, you really, really don't have a lot of time with these people. And especially shooting for somebody like the Associated Press, I'm not allowed to retouch anything. So um, all I can do is like brightness, contrast, color, temperature, but I can't get rid of any blemishes. I can't clone anything out of a background. I can't composite anything, nothing like that. So everything has to be pretty perfect out of camera because that's what's going to get published, Um, which can be really difficult in a situation where, say, somebody doesn't necessarily have... Uh, great complexion and you have to be very conscious of how you light them. And I've learned my lesson uh, by, you know, not doing the best of jobs in a couple of scenarios, but that's uh, part of the process. So um, yeah. And aside from having your technical chops down, it's also uh, staying calm and doing your very best to figure out ways to connect with people or, or make it appear in the photo as though you've connected with people in a very short amount of time. Like you shake their hand, you kind of tell them what you want to do and you start shooting and it's over in five or 10, maybe 15 minutes. And you're not friends. You're not going to hang out. You're probably never, ever going to see these people again, but the viewer has no idea, as you said. And to them, you know, you, you, you need to intrigue people. The last thing that I want any of these shoots to look like is a headshot because that does nothing for me or my book. And, Um, on top of that, most celebrity work that I've personally done has been very, very low paying, all editorial. And, uh, to be very honest, uh, a lot of these shoots I've actually spent money on, which sounds absolutely crazy, but shooting for newspapers and magazines, um, oftentimes the rates are so low, that's just sort of what they are. And it's kind of a take it or leave it scenario that, you know, if it's somebody that I really want to photograph and I think it'll be a great situation, I'll sometimes spend more money than I'm making just to get that photo in my book, mm-hmm. which is backwards. I realize, and it's not not a great business well, I, model. I get that. I get that. Totally. Yeah, but it's it's um it's one of those things that I I did a lot of initially, and now I'm a lot more selective with it. But you know, when I was really building up a book and trying to get a lot of celebrities in there, I took on everything. Because that, um, that's what that kind of leads into one of the things I was going to ask you, Drew. Then, when it comes to photographing the celebrities, how much of an input do you get in what the picture is going to be? Now, do you get right? We need the person to be doing this X, Y, Z, or do you kind of think, well, 
have you do you make do you have more of an input do you make more suggestions and if you do have you ever had one where it's been like oh that wasn't a good idea I need I need to think on that last point for a bit. But as, <laughs> as far as my own personal input, yeah, that very, very valid question. And being that a lot of the celebrity work that I've done has been editorial in nature, I have had all the input in the world. And that's really the beauty in shooting editorial is I very rarely have uh, a creative director on set or uh, even a photo editor for that matter. It's generally speaking, me and assistant, maybe hair and makeup. And if it's a feature or something, sure, there'll be a photo editor there. But oftentimes it's just me and they tell me kind of what they're looking for. But sometimes it's literally just, hey, go take a picture of this person. This is the location. And it's entirely up to me as to what I want to do. I know for certain publications, sort of what they need. I'll get, you know, a layout emailed to me. So I know vertical, horizontal, where type needs to be laid down for an editorial feature or something like that. But it's really, really up to me as to how I execute the photo, which is very, very different than if you're on an ad set. So Mm -hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago, I photographed Mark Ronson. who's like a big music producer. He he wrote Uptown Funk, the song that Bruno Mars is on. And uh, I just photographed him for a campaign. And, uh, you know, in that scenario, I couldn't tell Mark exactly what I wanted. There were setups. It was a, a still and a motion campaign. And there were setups that, um, you know, I was sort of piggybacking on the motion side. So I didn't have as much say as to like, hey, let's go over here and try this. It was sort of like working with what's already available yeah. and uh, taking that all in stride and just getting whatever I could from it. And obviously I would be one-on-one with him and have his attention for certain small stints of time. But um, I had much less control over that type of situation. Do you, do you feel completely confident when you are photographing somebody that is what you would call a celebrity? As it is, and I mean, is it something that's never really phased you? It's not something that generally phases me. Um, I think initially I used to get a little bit nervous. Um, there are a couple of people that I've certainly been starstruck by. Um, Certainly one of those was Obama. Um, mm. One of those was actually Phil Collins. <laughs> I really? Of, I just grew up on so much Phil Collins in Genesis. Yeah, and, yeah. and like, especially with somebody who is older, I just really want to do them a good service and photograph them really well and try to tell their story and kind of just... Yeah. And I've heard he can be hard work as well. I have heard stories He was very nice. He was very yeah. nice. But... Um, yeah, I generally speaking, don't get too starstruck. And I think um, I need to keep myself calm and I need to just think about mm. the photo. And I do try to do a lot of research uh, as best as I can about whoever I'm photographing, which is actually pretty easy with celebrities just because there's so much out there. So I can watch an interview. I can look at other photos that have been shot of them. I can see how they've been photographed well or not so well and and how I'd like to do that differently. And, and also like where I can take risks um, by say watching an interview, I can get a sense of if they're going to be up for something quirky or, you know, or if it's going to be pretty PC or if they're really conservative. Um, so all of those things are really, really helpful. And also to have uh, some conversation pieces to talk about with them. So, um, you know, they're just, they're just people. I think they want to be treated like normal people and, uh, they don't want to be there, but as much as I can keep the conversation flowing and, um, you know, just, just really relate to them as best as I can. That's, that's what makes a good shoot. Um, mm. the worst case scenario would be somebody who is just 
singing high praises to the person left and right while they're photographing them, acting like a super fan. That's absolutely yeah. not what you want to do. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think there's out of all the people I've ever photographed, I think I've had a picture taken with two ever. And one was Quincy Jones and one was President Obama. Um, just because the situation enabled that. But generally speaking, I'm, I'm not going to pull someone off to the side and act like a fanboy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's like the whole selfie culture, they, that must just be an absolute killer for a professional if they so much as pull that phone out and just be just before you go. It's like you said, it's not so much starstruck, it's respect. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, just the, just the, being professional. Yeah. So... Well, that's one of the things I was going to say where a lot of people miss out. And this is why I like that the evolution of a photographer theme was what you've just said there is kind of like um, the view listeners can't see it, but I've got a page full of notes is I've looked through your work. We've been looking at the about us just to get a catch up with you is a lot of photographers weren't, wouldn't think to do that. It would just be, Oh wow, I've got, I've been hired to shoot so-and-so I'll rock up with my camera. And it is important to get to know them and what they're like. And, and that thing of mixing friendliness with friendship. Like you say, they can be friendly, you can be friendly. That doesn't mean you're friends. You still have to respect that that kind of the moat of yeah, where uh, to draw personal the line space. Kind of yeah, it's like, you know, not being too cocky, but just getting that right amount of, I know this guy likes to laugh. I know this guy likes quirky. Um, I think I said... On last week's episode, there was a, a radio DJ in the UK that interviewed Harrison Ford. And she said she'd heard he was hard work. He was hard work. But she'd read up some stuff on him and, and saw that he liked carpentry. And as soon as she started got him talking about that, he opened up. Mm. And it was a completely different interview. The other thing I wanted to ask was, do you, have you been requested yet? Has has Have you kind of been... Uh, who's this Drew guy? I want him to shoot. I only me. get photographed by Drew. <laughs> yeah, or I'm not. Or I'm not getting out of bed. Have you had one of those yet? I mean, I've certainly had musicians uh, reach out to me directly um, via their management or a record label, something like that, um, to shoot promo photos for a new album or an album cover. Um, but as far as like a magazine reaching out and saying. Uh, Kristen Stewart says she only wants to work with you. No, that 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 has <laughs> not happened up until this point, and I I don't anticipate that happening. But uh, I I wouldn't say no. True. Well, on your uh, on your website, you've got a number of different portfolios there. There's obviously there's the celebrities, there's the life, there's the all access, and all of them are very kind of they are you know there's there's a, di- a big difference between each of those portfolios. And I, I just want to say before we die, your your celebrity portraits, and I'm not just saying this because we're talking now, but I I absolutely love them. And I was saying to Dave before before we started recording, before you dived in, it was the fact that what I love about your uh, th- there's a connection with the per- person that you're photographing, mm-hmm. which is obviously what we've talked about already. That people skills side that you have, but the the lighting is just so damn natural. You couldn't you could never. And in fact, I think the t- the phrase I said to Dave was your your celebrity portraits in particular. I would say they're timeless. Because you wouldn't be able to say, oh, they are made. Oh, that was around about 2018 when people were doing that kind of setup. Yours yours are timeless. We could look at your pictures in 10, 20, 30 years' time and we'd still be going, that's really nice. As opposed to, you know, and I'm not, I'm not just saying that just because we're talking now, but when it comes to your lighting, you talked briefly about your kind of, um, your go-to the one that you know you're going to do because you can set up quick and you know then you, you've got the shot and then if you have time for it, you can then go off and experiment and try other stuff. What What is your go-to? 
Just on camera just, flash. Just for those who love. Just for those who love. <laughs> what would you say? I said just on camera flash. Yeah. With the Gary Fong lights here. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, well, first off, thank you so much. And, and, uh, I, I will counter that with, uh, if podcasting is still a thing in 20 or 30 years, let's revisit, <laughs> yeah. let's revisit my work then and have this conversation yeah. and see yeah. if it still, uh, stands, stands strong, but <laughs> he shoots and he's still just so, alive. <laughs> um, yeah. As for a uh, go-to lighting setup, uh, you know, it, it depends on the space that I'm working with. Um, but there's a, a couple of things that I love to use. Um, if I know that I'm going to have good space and ceiling height and all that, um, to me, a five foot octa is a beautiful thing. Um, I would love to use a seven foot indirect octa all the time, but that's a larger light source. That's a bit of a bear to wrangle sometimes, but, um, a five foot octa, I can still do a lot with that. Um, and I have grids with all of my soft boxes. So, um, you know, I can do something frontal. I can do something to the side. I can do a really, really beautiful profile light. Um, I can also use a five foot octa as a backlight, um, and just have light scalloping around with a reflector up front. So I can really do, a, have a lot of versatility with that light. Um, second to that would be, um, a soft lighter. Um, I use, a in particular, I use a pro photo, um, deep umbrella, which is their version of, of the soft lighter. I use that with the diffuser over the front and it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous light source. And, uh, the fall off is beautiful. It's just really, really soft and wrapping. And, um, yeah, so I'd see the five foot Octa, the, the pro photo deep umbrella, which is their version yeah. of the soft lighter or, or a three foot Octa for that matter. Just for the record, I think in what 82 episodes, that's the first time I've ever asked anybody about any of our guests about their lighting setup. Okay. Because, and I really haven't because, you know, it's a bit geeky, isn't it? To sort of yeah. say, oh, watch this, what's your favorite <laughs> F number? So it's none of that. But just to say, because I, th- I think people who are listening should, if they haven't already, dive over to your portfolio and just take a look at how, how natural your lighting looks. Do you know what I mean? You can't, because sometimes we see a lot of pictures with the oh, blimey, yeah, look at, there's clearly a light there, there's clearly a light there, but yours are very, very natural. So I just want to encourage people to go and have a look at it, which is why I asked you that question. And it's funny as well, because like in your description, it's like portrait and lifestyle. And obviously you've got celebrities, but you seem to get a really cool mix of celebrity lifestyle portraits. Um, One of the ones I was looking at that I thought when you were saying about having a situation where, I need this person to be doing this thing is the, um, I'm going to look at his name because I'm going to get it wrong. Saul Cassin, where he sat at the desk, the light from the windows on his yep. face, he's doing the thing that he's doing. It looks so natural, but obviously from an editorial point of view, that image is him on the left of the page. He's looking towards the text. You've got space for the title of the article. That's something else that I, I say to photographers as a designer is don't just shoot the portrait. Think of where that image is going to end up and what the what the editor and the designer is going to need. And that was one that stood out for me as a designer because it just looks so good on the page. Thank you very much. And just to jump in on that photo real quick, um, the backstory is he's a criminal psychologist and that was at a university that he was teaching at in Manhattan that was shot for Science Magazine on a story uh, a month or two ago. And uh, I wanted him to be in this interrogation room sort of watching an interrogation happen, but it didn't feel natural. So I had my photo assistant and his assistant in the other room through the window that he's looking through. Actually, my assistant was getting interrogated. Um, and honestly, as, as funny as it was, that really did help to, you know, 
to give Saul some cues of like, hey, I want you to treat this like you actually would be observing a real interrogation. I want you to actually take some notes, you know, stand up, change your posture. I want you to actually get into this because that's going to make all the difference. And that's going to wake it. What's that's going to be what makes it believable or not to the viewer. And that's especially so with um, dealing with actors, you know, giving them a role to play, giving them some type of prop to interact with something that's not just, hey, stand against this wall and look at the camera. Um, Wait, this is almost like it's been set up because what you're saying there is it so rings to to kind of like Dave and my kind of history together when it comes to doing photos because uh, going back a few years ago I started doing some workshops and there was one particular time when the actual model pulled out almost at the eleventh hour um, and I told Dave uh, a lot of a lot of listeners will know this story but uh, I told Dave about it and Dave was like what are you going to do it's like no what are we going to do you know we're a team here and it ended up that Dave was the actual model for it and Dave I think it's fair to say hates or hated having his picture taken so wasn't comfortable I, yeah i wasn't comfortable but i think a lot of people are but i had reasons for feeling uncomfortable and just didn't want to do it, <laughs> we, it gave, like- we, we, we gave him a character to play and he ended up being dressed and behaving like the um the guy out of spot the, the editor out of spider-man jonah jameson okay and the editor for the time in the bottom there's like 12 people all eyes on dave who hates having his photo taken they've all got their cameras ready and he must have been just feeling awful but for that kind of one 125th of a second he was jonah jameson and it just worked it absolutely worked so that's the idea of giving people a role play giving them a character to play completely you know you're definitely singing from the same uh, hymn sheet there and after that i was like what can we do next we did a psycho we did a bot but it was it's true it's just having that thing they're natural with relaxes not that you know not that i'm an editor or, an, or a boxer or a psycho but having something else to think about other than being looked at it was i was thinking more about who the, who who am i being that's to make this helpful. the best it could be and you look at actors and musicians and there are some like amazing characters out there that you know someone like jim carrey would i can't imagine what he would be like to photograph because he's so like so many personalities that we get to see we generally get to see the person on film or the musician on stage you don't get to see them off stage you don't get to see that other persona so i think that's quite a challenge for for you and and people in your industry is are you trying to get like crazy Jim Carrey out for the image or are you trying to get of course and that really just depends on again to me that's doing the research and and going into the shoot in an informed way that lets you know what's possible you know um for instance there there's a comedian here is a big like social media character named the fat Jewish um who's very funny name he's very big in the states he has a huge Instagram following and, uh, you know, I, I assumed I could do something really quirky with him. And, um, when he, when he got to the shoot, I knew he was covered in all these tattoos. And I said, I'd love to shoot some photos of you with your shirt off. And he was like, I'm way more comfortable with my shirt off and just took it off. And like, that was perfect. And, um, also as far as connecting with people realistically, uh, obviously for, for an editorial story, they want, um, some variety in what you're presenting to them after the fact, but you need one solid frame out of a shoot, out of most shoots. I mean, obviously, if you're shooting a campaign for something, you might need a ton more. But, um, you know, to the the general viewer, if you can come out of any shoot with one really solid frames that one really solid frame that looks as though you've really connected with the talent, that's a win. Um, 
So, but it's, but it is tough. It is tough. And it's something that you have to develop over time. Now that you've been doing this for five years, Drew, um, and obviously I know the answer to this question. Initially, you were obviously getting hired through third parties, but now you're you're obviously represented by an agent. What made you kind of get to that point? Is that does that help you be taken more seriously, or does it help manage and control the amount of work you're doing? Yeah, I, I think um, I think it does both of those things. So um, I was introduced to my my current rep, uh, Callie. She's at All In Represents. I was introduced to her, I guess, uh, about a year and a half ago um, when she was starting up this agency. Uh, she was an art buyer for about ten years at two different. Uh, ad agencies that did mostly pharmaceutical work, and she had wanted to go off on her own and, and start this agency for quite a while, and she finally did. And was when she was building up her roster, I was introduced to her, and uh, we really forged a relationship from that point on. And uh, yes, yeah, so we've been with her for just over a year now, and so far it's been great. Um, she's really been busting her ass, and uh, it's it's been a big learning curve in that. Um, yeah, it's. It, I think as a whole, it's. Uh, it has definitely helped me get in the door with a lot more people. So, um, you know, doing my own marketing efforts, reaching out to ad agencies. Uh, let's say I don't know. I personally reach out to. I send a email campaign, and then I follow up to maybe fifteen agencies to try to book meetings for a week or two later. Maybe I'll hear back from like three of them, and maybe I'll get a meeting at one or two. Whereas um, having a rep who has those prior relationships, when they send out emails, they usually hear back. Um, so I've had a, a ton of meetings lately, in large part thanks to them. Um, so that's really been great. And also just uh, other parts of marketing in general. Um, you know, she is flying around showing our books. Um, it's myself and uh, five photographers and one illustrator on the roster, I believe. And uh, she's constantly flying around and meeting with agencies all over the country, setting up breakfast meetings or happy hour meetings, whatever it is, and showing our books and introducing us to them. And I'm also doing the same. And uh, yeah, the culmination of that has been really fruitful. And um, we've shot some great work together so far. And um, yeah, I think to me, that's sort of a big breakthrough into the advertising realm, which has always been a challenge and, and it still is. And I think will always be, but, um, I'm at that point now where that work is starting to really come in and, uh, you know, just getting in front of people that I wasn't able to nearly as easily prior to this relationship. There was an extra thing I wanted to say before we go on to, um, we can ask you your loves and loathes. Um, obviously we met you, we first met you at an event, which where Joe was speaking, you were assisting, you actually got to speak, um at photo plus expo is that something that you see yourself having to take on and wanting to do now that you're at this point like five years in you're a celebrity lifestyle portrait photographer how did you find that experience was that the first time you've done this speaking or how have you found that kind of going from i i really do enjoy public speaking actually um i've gotten a lot better at it over the years and uh it Scared me to death the first time I did it, uh, which was uh, in Manila in the Philippines. Um, My very, very first speaking engagement ever, I believe, in the photo world was when I was assisting Joe and uh, he brought me along as an assistant. And the only way that I could come out there with him in terms of budget was if I also taught. So I think there were about 400 people in the crowd and I had to fill 
four hours. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. And uh, I basically taught two classes and worked in a whole bunch of breaks. And uh, I did all right, but there was also a live shoot I did on stage, which I'll never do again. And <laughs> it was just, it was fine, but um, not my favorite. But I, but I have gotten a lot better at it, and I really do enjoy it now. I've done a couple keynotes here and there. Um, I've taught at Photo Expo, I believe, for the last four years now, if not five, teaching a class downstairs. And uh, it's been really great. So uh, again, coming from sort of the, the McNally school, I, I, I do think it's really important to give back and to share any bit of experience that you can, um, because there will always be people who are where you were just a couple of years ago. And there's, there's a lot to learn. And again, like we're, we're a, a small but mighty community. And what we do is really isolating in that, except for the times that I'm out on a set or a small editorial shoot and it's me and an assistant or me and a whole crew. Aside from those times, uh, it's usually just me. I'm at my studio or I'm at home and that's it. And I'm not really interacting with that many people. So um, I think it really is important to establish a community and to share ideas and uh, be able to talk about great jobs and horrible contracts and everything in between because yeah. that's how we kind of all grow together. Totally, yeah. All right, then I've been desperate to get this one done here. This is the <laughs> loves and loaves section. This is when we really learn about you now. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> the, glo- the gloves are off. No, all all this is, Drew, it's, um, we call it loves and loaves. Um, and if all it is is if I say to you, what do you really love about what you do or the industry or whatever, what's the first thing that comes to mind? And I say, Drew, what do you love about being a photographer? I love the freedom of being able to make my own schedule and sort of go about this however I want. And being your own boss can be the best of things in the world. It can also be the worst, but we'll, we'll concentrate on the, the good aspects right now. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's the, the freedom to kind of uh, come and go as you please. And the experiences that working with the camera has afforded me has been absolutely amazing. I've gotten to travel all over the world. I've gotten to meet some really amazing people. Um, I've gotten to spend time with celebrities who, again, I'm not their friends, but the fact that I'm invited into their world for a couple of moments is a pretty special thing. And and the fact that that comes to me just because I'm pretty good with the camera is kind of crazy. And I don't take that for granted for a moment. Um, yeah, so so that and, and also... Um, being able to do this in New York for a profession is a pretty special thing. I mean, I'm in arguably the largest, most competitive marketplace in the world and I'm doing it. And, uh, I don't think even five years ago, I felt confident that I could do that. And here I am and I'm still going and I'm going to be doing this forever. And I've forged that path on my own and that's pretty spectacular. So, um, that's a good answer. And now, and now on the biggest podcast in the photography world. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm honoured to be here, really. I am. I am. Oh, dear. Okay, so that's the positives then. That's, I mean, it's, all, it's all positive, yeah. it can be, but that's the loves. Now the loathes, and I only say loves and loathes because it kind of goes well together, but when we talk about the loathes, it can also be not necessarily what you don't like, but what would you change? Is there, is there something that really kind of think, God, I wish that was different? I wish we didn't have to do this or I wish I didn't have to do that. Or, or is there just something that comes to your mind when I say, what 
Aren't you so keen um, on Joe McNally every time? <laughs> <laughs> there's, 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 a, there's a couple of things that come to mind. One of them is sort of the world of influencers, which I wish didn't bother me, but but I I do let get under my skin a little bit. Um, I I know people who um have been hired in large part due to their followings, and you know, it, maybe I wouldn't be saying this if I had a massive following. So you could certainly say that, but, um, I don't care that much about it. I care about the work. And I think that that needs to mm. be the utmost important thing out there. And, um, followings come and go and Instagram is not going to be around for all of eternity. And once that's gone, like where are these influencers, where are they now? And, uh, so I'm curious to see where that all goes. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, there's, there's in, in the social media age and in the digital age, obviously photography is so much more accessible than it's ever been, which is great. And I applaud anyone who's an enthusiast, anyone who's going out there trying to do this. Um, I really, really love that. Um, but there certainly are people who, you know, call themselves full-time working pros who are not necessarily, and there are clients who will hire those people because they don't necessarily know any better or they don't necessarily value good creative. So that can be frustrating. Um, but at the same time, I really do feel as though in the long run, good mm-hmm. work will prevail. Totally. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what keeps me hopeful. Cool. Good answer. I know. <laughs> yeah. I reckon we could have a really good off air chat about a few things. I know that. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's funny because one of the things that probably props up most in loads is generally around social media. Um, in the photographers and designs we've spoken to, there's generally an element of that that it is like a, can be a huge help and a massive hindrance. You know, you do get to be on social media and and kind of react and show work. But yeah, I mean, Glenn and I have got a big loathe about the, a lot of the negative sides of social media, and I think some things photographers do. Or one of the big dangers of photographers is they get quickly sucked into that black hole and think it's the be all and end all. And and sadly, it's not. Like you say, being a working photographer is not the same as being an influencer. It's all about saying as well on social media, oh, I'm so busy. I've got this. I've got that. I'm, and I just can't help but thinking, well, if you're that busy, get off bloody social media then. Do you know what I mean? Get on with the work. Absolutely. If the majority of time that we spend should be spent behind the camera, you know, as as best as we can or just pursuing the craft even if it's not necessarily behind the camera, doing something that is making you a better photographer and not working on your following. Um, but, you know, I also do understand that if um, you're in the education realm um, and, you know, having a bigger following is what's going to, say, fill up classes or sell a product or something, I totally understand that. Um, but it really just depends on what you're trying to go after and kind of what yeah. your business model so is. Now we've that. wound you up with a loathe. <laughs> and got you like oh i hate those what do you do to relax what what what's actually what makes you step away from the camera and what what do you do you have anything that you choose that you do to relax i do um i mean uh especially in the summer i i try to travel a bit even if it's just in this general area around new york i try to get out of the city um i try to kind of be in the woods or be at the beach um nature is really important to me uh especially being in the city. Um, but also as, as a creative, I think we're constantly turned on 
and it's really hard to kind of step back and just decompress. So to kind of try to be away from social media and smartphones and all of that and go on a hike every week or climb somewhere or, you know, go to a lake somewhere. I think that's all super important to me. Um, but also the city in general is also, um, really, really full of every bit of inspiration that I need. And it sounds weird to like relax in the city, but I really, really do love the city and that's why I'm here. I do feed off of it. And, uh, you know, even going to a park in the city that has a lot of people, but just soaking in all the energy of the city relaxes me and also fills me up with enthusiasm and energy. And, and, uh, that's the nice part about being here is there's so many people who are incredible at what they do, uh, in the creative community and outside of this community. But, um, yeah, we're all here cause we're all hustling. We're all doing good work. And if we weren't, we probably wouldn't be surviving here. And, uh, that's what I love about New York is there's, you know, you, you'll never really be at the top. Um, there's such a strong group of people here and competition is fierce. And I really, really love that because it keeps you pushing forward very hard. Say, it keeps you on top of your Absolutely. game, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, cool. All right, well, listen, we weren't going to keep much longer, but one thing I just want to ask you is what's next? <laughs> what, are you up to, what are you up to next? And that can either be your plans or is there anything in particular that's coming up that you're really kind of stoked about? Yeah, um, lots of things, I suppose. Um, Work-wise, um, I have a couple of campaigns that I'm – on hold for right now that uh, fingers crossed will come through, which has been really cool in that it's been a culmination of a lot of hard work on my rep's behalf and on my behalf and um, just doing rounds of meetings and working on my new book, um, my, my new portfolio. Um, and all of those things have culminated into um, a lot of interest. Uh, so I am on hold for, for a couple of jobs right now that, that again, hopefully will come through, but that's been really great. Um, and those are, those are some ad jobs. So hopefully those come through. Um, I also just shot an ad campaign a few weeks ago that I can't, uh, completely talk about yet, but I can say that it was based on a personal project that I shot over the winter, uh, called creatives at home, um, which was a project in that I photographed people in their personal spaces, whether it's their studio or their home, sort of doing what they do and, and expressing themselves. And, um, that was, uh, just a personal project that my rep and I had spoken about and came up with. And I just dove in and, and I photographed 25 or 30 people in the midst of that project and then, uh, pitched it to a brand and, and they went for it. So shot a really cool campaign based around that. So when you can turn personal work into commercial advertising work, that's a really beautiful thing. So, um, very happy to be able to do that. Um, and that's that's something we talk about a lot, Dave, isn't it? The personal, personal projects. projects. Yeah. It's not just yeah. it's not just something for you to keep for yourself. If you do that, that can obviously then influence the kind of work that you want to get. If you go out and do that for free for yourself, it shows what you're capable of, I guess. Absolutely. It? So. Absolutely. Yeah, it's super, super important to constantly pursue that. Um yeah, other than that, um, yeah, just sort of in an interesting That's enough. That's enough to be getting on with, isn't it? <laughs> Right, just trying to enjoy show the off. summer here. Really, really, really trying to enjoy the summer here in New York and uh, um, trying to figure out my next escape, actually. Uh, I'm, I might be going to Cuba next month just for a solo adventure um, to nice. do some street shooting and just have a great time around Havana. Um, really kind of want to go back there and, and go back solo where I can actually be completely selfish and spend all the time I want photographing. 
um, and relaxing a little bit. But uh, yeah, yeah, just just uh, really happy to be at this stage in my career and sort of transitioning from more editorial and commercial work into more of the advertising realm. And uh, really excited to see what this brings me. Brilliant. He's done all right, isn't he? He's done all right, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drew's done good. Because <laughs> it, uh, it was so nice thinking about, you know, that we've interviewed a lot of people that we've kind of known through Photoshop World and through the relationships we've built. It's been really nice over the past sort of 80 episodes where we've had the chance to catch up with some people, some like we're in constant contact with, but there's been a handful like yourself who like your name has been down on a piece of paper for so long since we started the podcast it's it's been really nice catching up with people and getting to talk and we, you know we've gone on and that relationship's you know been nice to actually get to know each other so i just personally want to say thank you for taking the time to to take an hour out of your day um to sit and chat to us Drew. really appreciate it absolutely I, I really do appreciate you both reaching out as well it's always an honor and uh yeah i can't wait to uh, hear this when it comes out Cool. Drew, before you do disappear, where where can people find your work? Those who are listening. Yeah, easy enough. Uh, my website is drewgurian.com. That's G-U-R-I-A-N. Uh, so drewgurian.com or at drewgurian on Instagram. Brilliant stuff. Excellent. Drew, thank you so much. I echo exactly what Dave just said there. Really do appreciate it. So, And uh, I look forward to having you on the He Shoots, He Draws hologram in 20 years' time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Thanks, Drew. Cheers. Right, so long. Cheers, Bye. Drew. Ta-ra, mate. Bye-bye. Oh, um, okay. Right, okay, so we'll do a... Let me just get a swig of water. God, I'm sweating here, my <laughs> sweating. <laughs> I don't need that in my head. No, it's not my heart. I'm in the back of my legs. Because it's he bloody shoots, cook. he's, he's cooking in here. He shoots, he sweats. He shoots, he pours. <laughs> he sweats, he pours. <laughs> right. <clears throat> right, come on then. Right, hold on, let's get this on. Okay, recording... Suck one, it to two, me, three. Boy. Right, one, two, three. <laughs> All right, oh, sorry, yeah, clap. Sorry, yeah, go on, sorry, go on. You get one, two, three.